Alrighty, what's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corville Show. I am him. I greatly appreciate everybody joining us here on this beautiful day. And ladies and gentlemen, we have hit the end of the road, the yellow brick road, if you will. We have gone to the end of the yellow brick road, and we are at the Super Bowl. I couldn't be more excited. Personally, this is the best day of the year for me, regardless of who's playing in the football game. We have two four seeds in the Super Bowl this season. Who could have expected that to happen? Who could have expected the Cincinnati Bengals to win 10 games nonetheless this season? And now in the Super Bowl, who could have expected the Rams to do what they did in free agency? We couldn't have expected it, but right now we are in it. We are here, and I'm incredibly, incredibly excited for this game. But before we get going, we had the NFL honors uh, a couple nights to go and I want to go through those awards really quickly. Just a quick laugh to everyone. I went on this podcast in August and said who's going to be the MVP of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP of the NFL. He's going to win back-to-back MVPs of the NFL. And what happened? Mr. Rodgers wins his fourth NFL MVP back-to-back. Obviously, last season he won it. This season he won it. And there's no argument. I understand Tom Brady retired. I understand Tom Brady had 5,300 yards, 40 touchdowns. He also had about 13 interceptions, which is not normal for Tom Brady. But if you look at the numbers with Aaron Rodgers, he had 4,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, 4 interceptions in 17 games. That's not normal whatsoever. I I mean, watching him this season was like, well, you know, watching Bob Ross paint a painting. It's beautiful. He is the best. He's the best, one of the greatest of all time. You guys know my opinion. The greatest football thrower in the history of football throwers. Uh, We'll go through some of the other awards, too. Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt, no-brainer right there. Uh, Tied the uh, all-time sack record for uh, a season. He tied Michael Strahan's 22-and-a-half sacks, and so no-brainer right there. He is the best pass rusher, probably the best defender in the NFL. Defensive Rookie of the Year obviously went to Micah Parsons. This guy's an absolute game wrecker. He had 14-and-a-half sacks this season. He's going to be good for a very long time. Very long time Micah Parsons will be in this NFL, and he will do his business. I mean, he's six foot five. He's 240 pounds. He runs a sub 4-4-40. That's all you could want as a pass rusher. That's a freak of nature, and he is now the Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's going to go for that Defensive Player of the Year award for years to come, but it was a cool moment. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, you know who it is. Number one, Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase, the next coming of the greatest receivers to ever live. He is, he's unbelievable. Like, for a kid that young, you know, to be able to come into games and absolutely take away the defense because they are so worried about what he's going to do. And even in that, even in the AFC Championship game, when they're double teaming him, he still had five catches. He still had that touchdown that tied the football game, a nice fade. It was funny because as soon as you left him in one-on-one coverage, they went right to a fade to him, bam, touchdown. Like, there, there's very few guys that can do that, and there's also very few quarterback-wide receiver duos who have the chemistry that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have. That's why he's so successful, in my opinion. I, I mean, obviously, he would have great numbers if he was in Miami or if he was in one of these other places, but to be with his college quarterback where they broke records in college, I mean... He, he caught 20 touchdowns from Joe Burrow in that in that 2019 National Championship season. So they already had a connection coming into the NFL. This guy, Jamar Chase, is emotional, man. Like, I was watching a um, – he was mic'd up, you know, after the uh, AFC Championship game, bawling his eyes out. 
You know, I and that's very rare. I, I assume like after the Super Bowl, you know, there's a lot of tears. But for, a, you know, think about it, a rookie to go to a team that was one of the worst in the NFL. They had the fifth overall pick. He's able to reconnect with his best friend and quarterback, Joe Burrow, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game. I'd probably cry too. And he wasn't just crying. He was sobbing, like sobbing, very, very emotional. And there was a great moment with uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, and Daryl Williams and Jamar Chase. All three of them went to LSU. Now, obviously, uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, and Daryl Williams play for the Chiefs. But, you know, he was, Jamar Chase was bawling his eyes out. And they're looking at him like, you know, go get this ring. He, he said, even said, remember when we were in that room in Mexico and I told you you were going to be the greatest of all time. I told you you are going to be the greatest to ever do it. And now you got a chance to go do it. This kid's real deal. And he's going to be real deal for a very, very long time. We'll get to him in a little bit when we look at the Super Bowl. But Offense Player of the Year, Cooper Cup, no doubt about it. There's not even a question or debate. I, I mean, I guess... You could throw in Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor didn't win the Triple Crown. He didn't have the most receiving yards in the NFL. He didn't have the most catches and the most receiving touchdowns. And actually, I mean, you could do a quadruple crown because yards after catch, Cooper Cup also led those categories as well, including playoffs. He's got over 2,000 receiving yards, 18 receiving touchdowns, almost 170 catches. I'm sure his offseason is going to be a lot of rest and recovery because I cannot, when you look at the numbers, it's staggering. It's crazy. Those are like Michael Irving numbers when he was at the Cowboys or Troy Aikman because he was their only receiving option. You know, like it was just Michael Irving. The crazy thing about the Rams is they have Odell Beckham Jr. too. They have Tyler Higbee too. That's just crazy to think about. Granted, Odell, you know, came later in the season, but still to have all those superstars on the same field together is absolutely unbelievable. Comeback player of the year was Joe Burrow, which uh, obviously, I mean, guy tears his ACL last season's now in the Super Bowl. How could you not give him that? Obviously, he wasn't going to be up for the MVP, but comeback player of the year makes sense for Joe Burrow. He won't win it again, obviously, unless he gets hurt, but I think that's a great award. To do what he did this season, over 5,000 yards, you know, in your second season, it's just unbelievable, and we'll get to him in a little bit. And then uh, Coach of the Year, I disagree with this, Mike Vrabel uh, from the Tennessee Titans. Granted, you know, he did go through a lot, but I was thinking about it. You know, he had 80 different players on his roster starting football games for him this season. That's very rare. They had a lot of COVID issues. They had a, a ton of injuries, more injuries than you could ever think. I mean, at one point, they're starting running back Derrick Henry, the best back in the league, one of the best receivers in the game, Julio Jones, and another best receiver in the game, A.J. Brown, all out with injuries. Taylor Lewan, their starting left tackle, he was out with injuries. You got guys with COVID, I mean, and they made it work. They were the number one seed in the AFC. Maybe I'm talking myself into Mike Vrabel being the coach of the year right now, but personally, I thought it should have gone to Matt LaFleur. I mean... What the Packers did during the regular season was absolutely beautiful. And if we're going to go off playoffs, the, the Titans lost in the first round as well. So, like, you know, Matt LaFleur lost in the first round too. So, I don't really understand the logic there. If we're just going to go based on records and numbers, it definitely would have been Matt LaFleur. But all the adversity that uh, Coach Vrabel had to go through during this season, I can see why. He got coach of the year, but the MVP award, look, however long Aaron Rodgers is in the league, Aaron Rodgers is going to win this award because every year he's going to continue to put up numbers like he did. There's not going to be a year you're going to see Aaron Rodgers throw 10 interceptions. 
That's just not what he does. He's never done that in his career. You obviously, you have competition with Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow, but they, they're not going to come close to the numbers because of how accurate of a passer Aaron Rodgers is. And regardless of where he goes, you know, he left a pretty wide open door with his speech at the NFL Honors. Um, he thanked the front office first, which, you know, that's been the whole thing is like Aaron and the front office haven't got along. He thanked everybody in the front office. He thanked Coach Matt LaFleur. He said, you know, your eyebrows are beautiful. He thanked his wife for making sure his eyebrows were beautiful. Thanked his teammates. He said it's been a wonderful 17 years with the Green Bay Packers. You know what I've my, my stance has been that Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP and win the Super Bowl. Obviously, that didn't happen and then retire this season. After that speech, it didn't seem to me that, like, hey, he's going to another team. After that speech, I thought, oh, he might retire. Like, he, like, he just might ride off into the sunset. But I also thought of Aaron Rodgers' ego. He'd be retiring in the same Hall of Fame class as Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. I mean, that'd be a great class, obviously. That'd be a, a historical Hall of Fame class. This class this year absolutely sucks. I mean, the Hall of Fame has kind of become a joke, you know, when you think about it. There's, like, Deion Sanders has said this before that, you know, so he said, so we're just letting everybody into the Hall of Fame? You, you know, and, and that's true. Like, it should be for Hall of Fame players. Hot guys that you think about and you're like, oh, one of the best. One of the best to ever do it. Sorry, when I think of John Lynch, you know, yeah, great GM. He was good in the booth, but I didn't watch him play, you know, but what I've seen in the numbers, he wasn't a Hall of Fame football player, you know? Like, I just don't understand the voting process and the logic. I feel like, though, Aaron Rodgers would want to go in by himself. So he might play another year. People say Denver. Obviously, he was at the um, the Waste Management Open, and uh, one he already he spoiled the MVP for everybody a day before. So on Wednesday, he was at the 16th tee box, and uh, the the announcer, which I love what they do at the Waste Management Open. I think it's absolutely awesome. This is how you integrate golf with young people. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's about to do the tee. He's about to you know tee off, and the PA announcer goes three-time NFL MVP, and Aaron starts flashing the four at him, and he says, oh, four times. I've been told that it's four times. This is on Wednesday, a day before the NFL honors, so he obviously knew he was going to win the MVP, but I think he wants to win one more because Peyton Manning's got five MVPs, but congratulations to my guy Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs, four-time MVP, Super Bowl champion. We need another one. We need one more Super Bowl, but now we look ahead to Super Bowl LVI 56. Now, it is interesting because next season we'll be calling it LVII, and I absolutely love that. I think that's the coolest Super Bowl Roman numerals that we've had in quite some time. But we've got the Los Angeles Rams at home, okay? And now this is the second year in a row that there's been a home, you know, the team in the Super Bowl that has gotten to play at home. This is a problem, right? But it's not a problem in L.A. because there's not Rams fans to begin with. Nobody cares about the Rams in L.A. Sorry, not sorry. All the celebrities obviously will be there tomorrow. All, you know, the fans that are Rams fans, which is very rare, will be there tomorrow. There won't be a lot of Cincinnati fans, but this is a problem that the NFL is going to have to address. Maybe make one stadium the Super Bowl location. I get why they did it because SoFi Stadium is absolutely beautiful. But it doesn't have AC. And I get that it's like a canopy, you know, but it doesn't have AC. And on Sunday in LA, it's going to be 90 degrees outside. What are we doing? 
But I'm very excited for this football game. Couple keys to the game. Trent's keys to the game. How about that? Stop Aaron Donald. If you do not stop Aaron Donald, he is going to ruin this football game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, the Bengals are a four-point underdog. The over-under is 48.5. My big concern here is the Rams' defensive line. You have Aaron Donald, who you have to double-team. If you don't double-team him, he will always beat you in one-on-one coverage. Now, if you're double-teaming him, You've got Von Miller coming off the other edge, who is a Super Bowl champion and has been to multiple Super Bowls. You have to chip Von Miller. Joe Mixon is going to be a huge piece to this game. If Joe Mixon can't run the football and can't pass protect, this is going to be a real problem. But the Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times and they won the football game. You know, and granted, the the Rams have a much better offense than the Titans, but they sacked him nine times. Nine times Joe Burrow went on the ground, and the guy didn't phase him. I was listening to an interview with a couple Titans players getting ready for tomorrow, and they said every time we hit him, it didn't phase him. Every time we sacked him, it didn't phase him. He looked right back at us and got up. Didn't say anything in the locker room at halftime. Just came back out there. He is Joe Cool. He is Joe Cool. He is the modern-day Joe Montana right then and there. Nothing phases this guy. I understand Matthew Stafford, you know, has been in the league for a long time, right? But this season, we've seen Matthew Stafford fold under pressure, especially in the regular season, a lot. I've never seen Joe Burrow fold. I've never seen him fold under the pressure. And, and, you know, I don't want to compare the NFL to college, but let's be honest here. I, I mean, this guy went into the college football playoff, you know, against very good football teams, beat Oklahoma by 70 points, and then beat Clemson by three touchdowns. And, it, and they, were down, they were down 17 in the national championship at half. The, somebody did a stat. In big games, in playoff games, Joe Burrow 7-0. and Nothing phased him. College and NFL, 7-0. And my prediction, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be 8-0. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this football game. I'm taking the points at plus four. I'm taking Cincinnati money line, and it's because of Joe Burrow. It's because of him. I think this guy is next up. When we talk 15 years down the line, when I'm still screaming into microphones about sports, I'm going to be talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it in Joe Burrow. Because it's very rare when league-wide, a second-year player is respected by everybody. If a veteran like Taylor Lewan left tackle for the Titans, if he's saying, like, that's a guy, that's Joe Cool. Like, that's a guy who's going to win multiple Super Bowls. I can't even imagine what Joe Burrow's contract is going to be. They need to do it like the Kansas City Chiefs did. Granted, it hasn't panned out well for the Kansas City Chiefs, but you need to pay Joe Burrow after his rookie deal. You need to pay Jamar Chase. You need to pay T. Higgins. You need to pay Tyler Boyd. You need to pay Sam Hubbard, Jesse Bates, Eli Apple, all of these guys. Pay him now as much money as you possibly can because this is the time. This is the time to do it. And I know Kansas City thought of this, but we saw Kansas City in the second half of the AFC Championship game fold under pressure. I I mean, Keegan-Michael Key made a joke about it at the NFL Honors, which I absolutely love. So the the picture pregame of of Joe Burrow at the AFC Championship game, he's got the big puffy jacket on, the black turtleneck with the JB9 Nike chain. Absolutely. I I don't even want to know how much that thing costs. It looked absolutely beautiful. The Porter, obviously, I told y'all, he asked, oh, those uh, those diamonds real? This is the number one overall pick in the NFL, a 
okay, yeah, the diamonds are real. But Keegan-Michael Key said Patrick Mahomes saw that photo at halftime and forgot to play, forgot how to play football. And everybody, obviously, Travis Kelsey sitting in the front row, mean mugging him, absolutely staring at him, was not happy about it. But it was true. Like, like Patrick Mahomes forgot how to play football. Joe Burrow didn't forget. Joe Burrow didn't forget in the wild card round. He didn't forget in the divisional round. He didn't forget in the conference championship game. I mean, Matt Stafford wanted to lose that football game against Tampa. He wanted to. Tampa came back from down. It was 27-3. Tampa came back. Matt Stafford, and granted, he had the great pass to Cooper Cup. You're lucky you got Cooper Cup, pal. You really are. Because you folded under pressure, and luckily Tom Brady didn't come back and beat you. You're very lucky that that didn't happen. I mean, it would have been absolutely unbelievable. I'm glad, though, because I'm glad that Joe Burrow and new teams are getting an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl. But I think Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this football game. I think it's going to be close for the entire game. The big concern, and that's what all the you know big media pundits have been talking about this week, is the defensive line for the Los Angeles Rams. And I understand that, but the Tennessee Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times, and they won that football game. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's, and I think the Cincinnati Bengals have the team, and they have the guy leading them to be successful. I greatly appreciate everybody joining us here on this beautiful day. Have a great Super Bowl weekend. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating, and be a friend. See a friend, tell a friend, share it with a friend. I will see y'all next week. Peace and love.